Hi, everybody. <laughs> I liked that one. I did, too. It was gentle and delicate, and it was like, ooh, what's this? It's a theater podcast. It's called okay. Under Stage Left. Welcome. Under Stage Left. Oh, ESL, which stands for Electric oh, no. Super Lizards or Elegant oh. Soup. Oh, a little bit like my lace. <laughs> Elegant soup lace. Yeah. But it's really just enter stage left, guys. It really <laughs> Thanks is. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to talk more in depth about our original show, Stories of the Earth. But first, a game. <gasps> I love games. I love games. Do, 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 do. <laughs> really what we're doing is a drop needle test, which is... It sounded like you said drop deedle. Drop needle, drop needle test, but we're going to call it a game because no one's grading you. Okay. What I'm going to do is play uh, three seconds or two seconds of a piece of music, okay. and you have to tell me what show it's from and what song it is. It's like the legit version of my whistling. Yeah. Except I can't whistle at all, so this is what you get. And I'm going to suck. Okay. Um. Okay, wait. I know it's from Heather's. Mm-hmm. I like candy store. Yes. Yeah. Good. I was trying to give you one that would be like, I got it. Wow, I'm impressed with myself. Usually I suck at this game. <laughs> well, last time we did it, you had like some little bit of the orchestra. All right. So welcome to episode three. Now that we've distinguished it is Enter Stage Left, <laughs> and it is a theater podcast. For sure. And um, we figured, because we haven't really done it our first two episodes, we haven't really talked about who we are, why we matter. I know we've talked about some of the work we do, and we don't need to go into like a thesis about either of us, but no. just a little bit about... Background. Go background. Background. Why we're a part of Onstage Blog, mm-hmm. and what we contribute... I mean, you guys kind of hear what we contribute, but, you know, our credentials. Yeah. If you will. This is hard for me. I hate talking about myself. Which well, is why I don't having like a it either. podcast was a really good idea. How about idea. we talk about each other? Ooh. Okay. Can I sell Emily really good? Oh, that's a great idea. I've oh, no, done no, that Now I feel pressure. Where we, where like, we, didn't we write each other's bios for a show once? No. I did that with someone. Anyway, that's a good idea. Okay, wait, I'll okay. go first. Okay. Okay. Shauna Hendrickson. Shauna Rose Hendrickson. <gasps> the has, full name. The full name. Has a bachelor's in acting and directing mm-hmm. from Eastern Connecticut College. State University. State University. That's okay. I didn't go there. Whatever. Um, <laughs> she has directed a lot of different age groups from ch- children to adults. She has starred in shows and been stage managers. Lots of experience. And has been teaching with me for four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, my turn? Mm-hmm. Okay. Emily Zornado. Do you know my memory? Emily Grace there it is. Zornado. Let me get there, girl. Did you say I grapes? Yes. <laughs> Emily Grapes Zornado. That's it. Are you... Anyway. <laughs> she has a bachelor's in social work. Yeah, I do. And she's got a bachelor's in music concentration in music education Correct. from Rhode Island College. Yes. That's why you thought mine was a college. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does it all. She does costumes. Well, not a lot. Okay, you so do. the first okay. thing, no. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't do it, but she knows her way around a needle if you need her to. She True. does stage makeup. She does She te- the main thing is, is she teaches vocalness. <laughs> She teaches voice. Yes, I do. Um, she's our music director. She knows how to tickle the ivories now. A little bit, a little bit. She, um, and, and another major contribution to the theater land, she is a playwright. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about today, the original content we yeah. have created together. So essentially we have degrees and we have experience. Both of us have been doing this for, I've Long been doing time. it for 13 years. I, That's it. Yeah. It's a long time. 13. Those are the formative years. 13 years. God, it feels so much longer. 
it's a, mm. Anywho, let us not linger any longer. Uh, let's get to why we're here today, folks. We're going to talk original work. Not just original work, but the first. The first of our original work together, Emily. Together. And it was Stories of the Earth. It's tells a story of the world from the perspective of its first four occupants, fire, water, wind, and earth. They are charged with striking a balance between what they want and what the world needs them to be. It is a story of self-discovery and an examination of our impact on those closest to us as well as those farthest away. Well said. Thank you. Uh, we will go into detail about the different characters but I think it's important to remember and I it's important to for me to remember that mm -hmm. these characters weren't created in a vacuum they were created based on the students that we had and the time we had and the time we had but they're so they're so inspired by the students who played them mm -hmm. and the skills that they brought to the table mm -hmm that it's um, it's very difficult to separate them. That's very interesting because I think a lot of original work, the show is written and then cast. Exactly. Whereas our productions are cast and then written. Which like I think we are makes writing them it. devised. Truly. Like this whole, this process is devising. Because there's only four elements, but we had a class, we had two classes working on this. One class that had like 14. I think that's right. 12 and over. And then we had another class that was. was that eight or nine? Eight or nine that were. Uh, they were seven, seven to 11. Maybe. I think, like I think it was nine. closer to seven. Seven to nine. So we had these varying ages, but you only have four elements. How do we incorporate them all? It was such a fun creative puzzle. And once we decided on a concept, we knew we wanted to do the four elements, and it felt like a natural natural progression from there to do, okay, well, humans factor in here. Yeah. Then, okay, so what do we do with the rest of these students? And so we ended up creating, I don't want to say out of necessity, because that implies they were irrelevant or not necessary, but what it, it gave us parameters to create around and I ultimately believe that parameters create inspiration rather mm -hmm. than um, constrict creativity mm -hmm. I think they encourage creativity um, and especially when your parameters are incredibly inspiring students yeah it gave us all these other options for storylines exactly how does fire affect humans by itself or how does wind and water together how did the elements together or separately affect and these were the each other that we did. and everyone around which is it was very fun for an interdisciplinary school mm -hmm. to um, dive into these elements and all these ways was really cool um, whether you were playing the element or not so ultimately we have fire we decided as a group that we wanted to make that character male we wanted to make that character um, vulnerable and kind of afraid of his own power and afraid of the damage he could cause to others. We had Water, who was this kind of excitable, young, powerful girl. And for me, her driving characteristic was connection because Water is everywhere in nature mm -hmm. and there were in the beginning there were these, these themes of like she everything needs her everything needs her and she was uh, exhausted by that and that didn't really make it to the final cut but it's still in the back of my mind when I think about her it's her relationship to the world around her is completely inverse to that of fire so yeah. their relationship as characters and elements is really interesting to watch because they can't really get too close or touch touch each other in any way um but they still like want to be close to each other mm -hmm. so that was the driving tension of the relationship aspect for the show uh and then there was earth who's the first character we see who is 
kind of designed to be the all-knowing, omnipresent element that creates the rest of them. It's kind of like an open question whether she is yeah, really their creator or just their maternal something. Or Guiding other. force. Right. Yeah, it's never really said. And it doesn't they, need to be no, said, I don't it doesn't. think. Um, but it, her relationship with them is interesting because it is definitely a parental role. Yeah. She's not like a child like them. Not like they're all children. But, but they're you young. Know, they're not. She knows what's up. She's trying to help them find the balance. And they're like, what is life? <laughs> Who are you? You know? Exactly. Which is then um, accentuated, I think. And un- underlined when Wind shows up, who is a literal child. We originally wrote her to be a set of twins, like two characters playing, two two actors playing one character, like North and West, uh, North and South, West and East, yeah, kind of wind the winds. Because this idea of like wind being this big everywhere expansive at once. thing, and ultimately we decided instead to have one actor play wind. And then she was followed around by four breezes. Breezes! I think it was very effective and not to mention adorable. Yeah, because we put those little kids and those breezes fluttering around with her. And it was just so interesting to see that that element was... From a story perspective, it created exactly the right amount of chaos that we were looking for. And then from an educational perspective, it allowed the younger students to step into a role that had more responsibility because they were changing set pieces. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, moving things. They were the causing. The were moving the, we had boxes at the time. So they're moving the the rocks in the right setting. So these really young, quite young students had to take on this role of that everyone else was reacting to. Like they mm-hmm. were the catalyst for a lot of the action in the show. So they had to own that, which was really cool because they, they did really well. And then, of course, we have the humans, which in our first iteration of this, uh, they were kind of just blank canvases to project upon. They did not have a lot of character. They were meant to be archetypal, meaning they didn't have names, just like the elements don't have names. Man one, man two. Right, mother, sister, father, brother. They were archetypal in nature um, on purpose. But it ended up not being quite the storytelling tool that I wanted it to be. So in our second iteration, they were, you know, named and developed. And they have actual needs and wants and fears. Yeah, each of them had, (coughs) I think the first version, they were all just, although they were man one, man two, sister brother, they were all humans lumped together. You fear the same thing. You want the same thing, whereas this other iteration was some of them had empathy toward this, or some right. of them, they were there was conflict within each other. There was separate needs and wants within the group of each separate character, which was great. I th- the distinction is that first time, um, they just weren't characters. They were more like uh, vehicles for story. Yeah, and they they were more like puppets. Yeah. They were reacting to the elements, and they were things for the elements to then react to as well, but they didn't have any agency of their own because the story was not about them. The mm-hmm. story was about the elements. Um, and then the second time around, we decided, mm, actually, we could use a subplot, and these humans, they offer an opportunity to tell an interesting story, and if if and when we ever do this again, that will be another Point for development because I think there I is think more. There's more to them for sure. There's more we can do with these characters. And I think what might be an interesting way to find more in those characters mm-hmm. um, is the way that we found the characteristics of the elements. Maybe we can do that with the humans. Oh, interesting. In a way. Because if you remember back, yes. we the first few rehearsals that we had was very much... Who are these characters? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we know about the elements? And what can we infer to create these 
relationships. Right. So we had to study. I remember we studied myths about the elements. We studied myths about we stu- them. We looked at photos. We wrote poems. We made like art based off of them. Mm-hmm. We did movement. Because we had a day where, on right. the elements. They had stations all around the studio. Right. We wrote a poem. Mm. We made, they recorded the different sounds oh, that's of right. the elements. Like there was like a very specific, like each rehearsal was a different element we explored. And those all very much remind me of like the water one. Mm-hmm. How would water interact with this element? How would this, like, how would this person be affected by water and this one? I remember specifically saying that we were treating each character like almost like it was a chemical. And so therefore they would have very specific and different reactions when you combined them. So water and fire, wind and earth, like et cetera, like treating them like they were ingredients into something bigger. And finding different ways to explore each of the elements each time that we did it. But I wonder if there's a way that we could do that with humans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the answer is, but maybe that's something we explore. That's interesting. And in an interdisciplinary way. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about how we could do that. So we have like the leader character. We have the mother. They all have names that I had now forgotten. I'm thinking about all the different characters. And yeah, they do need relational development. I wonder if we could even skim it down character wise a little bit because now we've gotten into so the difference from the last the first time we did the show is we cast based off of we created based off of our cast Mm -hmm. our second time was we cast based off of this second version right i wonder if they're like do we need to have so many characters because now we're having the opportunity to chisel it down to what's necessary that's a good question I don't know if this is where you wanted the conversation no, to go, but, but now I'm like really like no, I'm genuinely this thinking is... about it. Um, so you know we I mean? had a lot of villagers both times. Yeah, because we didn't need to. We're, I think in our heads, in my head at least, it was representing capital H humans. Yeah, as in like the entirety of the race. Yeah. So I did not mind having so many kind of filled out. Especially because if we if if the humans were considered on mm-hmm. mass, then it wouldn't be as important that they weren't individualized. Yeah. Meanwhile, if there's like, I don't know, four of them, which was another idea I had that they would mirror the elements exactly. Oh, that's cool. Because there would be four elements and then a child, like there are four elements and then breezes. <gasps> I just got chills. They're on my body right now. I don't remember why we didn't go with that. Probably I never even knew that was an idea. Symmetry. I love that. <laughs> let's write a version with that. Okay, let's explore because that. Because who cares time. about any sing- Sorry, but who cares about any of the other humans except for leader, sister. I think it might be. Little a- child and mother. Okay, I know the child's name was Rowan. I remember that. Um, I, th- I think it would be a really interesting version. But then would it affect? It would affect other things, but. It would affect other things because, spoiler alert, mom dies. <laughs> Should we put in crickets? The mom dies, which leaves them with three elements, rather three humans, and technically five elements, because the element that we bring in, in the end is death. Do we have a death element? What if mother turned into death? Everybody, literally every single student has has asked me, like, who's going to play death? No one. Well, no, I agree. Nobody should play it. But what if now? How interesting would that be? Could could it be interesting? Um, I'm just imagining it though as like the Grim Reaper from exactly <laughs> with its luau zombies trying I, to coerce somebody to come to the death side. Perhaps in someone else's hands, meaning not mine. It could, I could, like... Because it could go cheesy or it could go... Exactly. Interesting. Because there's this whole scene where Earth tells Wind, like, well, in a way we've really done bad by the humans, but in bringing death we have brought a, a sort of balance because yeah. now life has a cost and there is no light without shadow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
which is a scene that I really like. Yes, I love that scene too. Because it's very sweet and it gives wind a growth moment. Um, so I, ju- I can't bring myself to personify death in that way. But it seems almost too obvious, but like... How do we, the idea of symmetry is something I'm in, very engaged with. I like that. And it, but then does it it's something to think about. It definitely is. And it's, I'm always thinking about this show. Because we're also always thinking, what if it's not our students? Right. Because it, it has been such a personable personal. and, and, a, and a personal journey mm. creating these characters like they mean a lot to us means a lot to each of the students who have played their roles but we have talked about like taking it out of their hands i would love to see i'd like to challenge myself that way mm-hmm. there are musical things i want to change <sighs> okay get into it girl i'm going to because it haunts me buckle in once upon a time, we made a show. <laughs> and this show was based on an educational program. So in the process of making this show, we used a single piece of music that I did not write. Let me also say that our dear, dear friend Joshua Smith was part of this process. And this was a piece of music that he brought to us, which I love. It is an African lullaby. It is in Zulu. Um, and it made it... It, in the end of that first production was incorporated into the show because well mostly because of time it's something they all could learn and they already and you knew. didn't have to write and it was so lo- many different songs it was lovely now is that entirely unproblematic absolutely not for a couple of reasons one i did not write it there you go. Two. Uh, no one in our cast is racially or culturally tied to Africa or the Zulu language in any way. Now, it did serve educational purposes at the time because, you know, music, culture, we're teaching these lessons. This is important. This is valuable. It just borders a little close to appropriation for my taste. So it has to go as fond of it as I am, it has to go. Would you keep it if we did have a, ra- a culturally? No, I would not because it also says nothing for the story itself. It's just beautiful. It's just pretty. It is. It's beautiful. And I like what you did the second time around with it. It just, it says, because it is in a different language, it communicates nothing to the audience. Yeah. And it offers the humans, it, 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 it erases and enables me to think of them as a mass, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. rather than individual characters. Oh, who, like very specific. Right, because the mother has that lullaby song, which is lovely and beautiful, and I wrote with Joshua Smith. Love love it. And we know exactly who that character is, because she has a whole song. We identify with her, maybe even more than the rest of the characters who... Um, speak more or do more because she has a song we can understand Mm. and it's a beautiful piece of this lullaby is a beautiful piece of music and me, myself I know what the lyrics mean because I did my research and I didn't just put it in willy nilly and it does ultimately say something about the humans but the audience doesn't know that, so it really yeah. effectively does. It serves no purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than that, it's just not an appropriate thing for us to use. <laughs> um, it's not copyrighted or anything, so nobody could freak out about that. It's a very old lullaby, traditional folk song. It's essentially, so pretty. What would you put in its place? Have you thought about it? I would write something new. Same melody. No, I would write something new that used the same chord progression. Okay, so that way it could still incorporate mm-hmm. the way. Interesting. It would be very. It would. Have That's a very glaring thing that definitely needs to be changed. Absolutely. And I'm honestly thinking back. I don't remember why I didn't do it last year. Time. I, yeah, definitely time. And there were other. <laughs> what felt like more glaring things to fix at the time. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> plot holes. 
yeah. that needed to be sewn and stitched and repaired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and other songs that were being added and moved and changed. And But once it was brought to my attention in this light, thank you to the friend who did. I mean, I knew, but I wasn't being... I wasn't being conscious enough of it. That was, I guess, my own ignorance speaking. But I'm very aware of it now, and I'm going to repair it before it goes anywhere. Well, I think the nice thing about this third version is maybe we're able to now, and by version I mean drafts, Mm -hmm. maybe we can put humans in the forefront of creation now because we very much always put the elements first. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do we adjust and create, which is important because it's mainly about them, but they are a subplot. Maybe we put more, because I don't, I don't know from your perspective as a playwright, but I feel like we've hit the mark for the most part with the elements. Like, is there anything else really that you would want um, to dive into in a different way? Yes. Or develop? Mostly... I feel fire and earth, solid, developed. I know exactly who they are. I know exactly what they want. I know exactly why they're here, and so do they. Wind, her character is very well established, but there are some, because she is a catalyst character, like others react to her, her um, track throughout the show needs to be very defined, very defined, mm-hmm. which means... Ultimately, it's water who needs a little bit of overhaul because her motivation has always been a little bit, let's call it dual wielding because she's a multifaceted character who wants a lot of things and it's very complicated. So we, like she wants to be close to fire, but she also kind of like betrays him in this way that is kind of well-intentioned and not really clear. Like, why did you do that? I don't understand. So we either need to simplify her motivation as a character or find a way to communicate to the audience what is going through her head in a more effective way than we have right now. Does she have a song just to herself ever? Yeah. Yes? No. No, I cut it. I don't remember why. I think it ultimately it was from an older version where she wanted something else, closer to like, everything needs me and I don't want to be needed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like it here with you. Fire, it's really quiet because you burned everything. Um, so it... I cut it because it no longer spoke to what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I do think perhaps that it did leave a void. Ultimately, her character has always been the one that is the linchpin for the plot. And mm, so needs to be the clearest and yet is not. Yes. The audience needs to understand that through her desire to be closer to fire whatever that means, she accidentally or on purpose led the humans to him. And and so they get fire and then they destroy their village with that fire. Well, because they were using the fire to keep them warm now from this gloomy, windy, rainy land that they used to have. So it was like, ooh, And then wind gets into it. Plays with fire. Right. Fans the flames. And then the village goes... Crumbling down, the mom dies. That's when she dies, y'all. Is a disaster because it introduces death to the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody feels really, really bad. And nobody quite knows who to blame. Which isn't a bad situation to be, but for me, her path is not clear enough. And so it haunts me. <laughs> I can see that. Because I do feel like every other... I love Water as a character. Me too. I love her music. Mm. However, I will say, even some of the humans are more developed in their intentions than hers. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Mm. I, I feel like I... Although I get so much from Water, now that you're talking about it, like, I do think... Well, I think there we can be get... a more clear distinction of what are you doing? The issue here is the actor that played Water, we get a lot from her. She brought a lot to the role and Mm -hmm. so kind of compensated, I think. What if we talk to her about it? I would love to. If we get a chance to talk to her, insert interview here. No, I mean, would you consider 
for this third draft having the people who played these characters absolutely in on this creation because maybe it's something as much as a sounding board from the person who actually played it nothing would make me happier like what was your inner monologue during the whole thing what did you think that like you held back or what didn't you you know that would bring me nothing but joy i would love i think maybe that's a step okay Mm. so now we know plans actors are gonna help out and we're gonna make we're going to the humans it was it was folly to think that this show could progress in any other way than the way it started like me writing in isolation is not true to the process of the show the way the way it began. So mm-hmm. of course it should be devised from here on out. Well, seeing as how we're talking about water specifically, could we listen to her some of her songs maybe? Just oh, like yes. talk about her development. Uh yeah, let me think for a second. I think maybe the best song to listen to would be um, her apology, mm-hmm. which was a song that I added for the second staging, uh, because which was another a song I did not know I needed until it was there, and I was like, yes, that's cool. Yeah, I I want to hear what you have to say about that after we listen to it. I hope I remember. <laughs> um, because it it was out of an effort to make clear what was going on in her head, because we had seen all this her her turmoil with the humans and fire and like trying to be close and give everybody around her what they needed and it ended up backfiring so this was my attempt to communicate how she was feeling to everybody else you're going to hear my voice as both characters which is a little bit confusing but hopefully i've done my job as a musician and you can infer based on the music and the lyrics who is singing what and maybe we could post the lyrics on side or on the side, or at least make them accessible. But um, here is Water's apology. I should have told you right away. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't mean to keep you here when you shouldn't have been hiding. I guess I thought that I was helping I guess I thought that maybe I'd be enough But I can't even tell you What I'd do to take it back I can't even tell you have any idea what it's like to see all that you touch disappear and then what it would mean to have someone like you decide you're not afraid to be here you always told me I was waiting I guess I should have left alone the time ago everything's green and blue I should never have I told, told you, you right away I should never have told I shouldn't you. have been lying I only wanted to be closer this song was you're freaking genius oh it's so God. beautiful it encapsulates so many different themes from out the whole show y'all don't know the show but that was just like the epitome of their oh, it's just beautiful i appreciate that i'm speechless i'm it not is- speechless i'm just talking in <laughs> circles and not making any sense per usual but it's so beautiful the things that you thought of to put in there from all these other 
It is full of um, melodic reprises because each That's character has to say. <laughs> a motif that they're associated with. And if I had my way, it would also be an instrument that they were associated with. But I'm working with Logic and a laptop, so we're fine. So, but they have a melodic motif and that um, you hear, you're hearing, I believe, each character represented in that song. But most importantly, um, Waters' theme was the dum, da-da-da-dum, dum. And she actually sings it for the first time in that song. Whereas before you would have only heard it in the score, which was a moment that made me happy. <laughs> I liked writing that song. It's a good song. pat on the back moment. I actually do have to give a shout out because writing that song was not my idea. It was Corey's. Yes, it was, it was a, Corey's idea. It was the student who played fire. He said, you know what? They never get to sing together. And it was honestly the best addition to the show, I think. They needed it. I on to be honest, I love that song, but I that is one of the moments that I think about cutting all the time. What? I know. What? Because, My mind's blown. Because it's What is that moment for those who are it slows down the pacing of the end in a very significant way. So something about the ending needs to change. And hearing that song again, I'm very reluctant to cut it. But it is on my mind. Wait, so what is it slowing down? The, the way the ending is paced is like, okay, they're all together in one place. They've been sprawled out for the most of Act 2. So, and Wind brings them all together and says, Earth, we, we need to find a new balance. We can do yes. this. Um, Fire decides, okay, um, I guess I'm going to... In order to have this balance, I need to be further from everyone. I need to be the sun. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> thinking that he's the sun. But he needs to be further from everyone so he doesn't destroy what he touches. But he doesn't need to disappear entirely. However, that does mean sacrificing any relationship, friendship, or romantic with water. Yeah. So he's leaving. And this is her... This is their last moment together. But I don't he know. already I has... So... They, they share, like two to three moments before that moment and so maybe it's those earlier moments that need to be yeah, cut cut those get rid of them i don't need those i want this 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 is fulfilling in all the right ways okay that's a very oh, strong endorsement get rid of everything else <laughs> i don't i don't know i i don't remember i do know these moments which ones are you thinking of specifically there i'm thinking of the last scene when they're all standing in a half circle kind of and I guess maybe it's a tempo thing because all the moments in you that have... last scene are kind of slow and they kind of sound very similar because, again, all of these characters have themes that reoccur and because this last song was the last thing I wrote, it is, there are moments that, to my ear, sound repetitive. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, have I heard that already? Kind of. But I think... There is a balance to be struck, as in, the, you know, the, the theme yeah. of the show. There's a balance to be struck, and I would like to not kill this particular darling. Please don't. Uh, humor me, if you will. Okay. There is not a song where the four of them sing together. Except for the very end, for the finale. Yes, but I'm saying, to keep that pace going, could there be something that's maybe uh, an up-tempo or something that's more a of a conversation? Maybe less of a... Um, a scene, more of a singing conversation to get the... I don't know. I hear what you're saying. Do you saying. know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's the right moment for it. I don't think it's there. I hear what you're pace. saying. And it's actually going to bring us to a conversation of how... This show has a sound. Yeah. And over the years, I have had to define that sound for myself. Yes. And be- especially because um, I wrote this pre-music degree the first time and I was going on pure instinct but I knew what I wanted to hear and so going back later to reevaluate what I had written I had to kind of quantify what those instincts had told me and like what I wanted and I think what I came up with was it's delicate it needed to support what the characters were saying without overpowering them like, it's not about the fact that they are singing, but yeah. more what they are saying. So all of the music is very based in speech patterns and mm. kind of 
halting. And I don't know if you are musical, musically inclined out there, you may have picked up that some of the rhythms in that song you heard are kind of loose. Like they're not very precise and they're not meant to be because it didn't feel like these characters don't really feel like precise characters. And so all of the music is kind of as if we were performing it live and kind of casually. Like an acoustic house? Yeah. Very influenced by acoustic. I don't want to use the word indie. But Unplugged. Like, <laughs> maybe MTV even unplugged. folk song-ish. Not that I they sound that. like folk songs. Okay. But you don't think a song with the four of them doing something would... I will, to that I will say that it was a very specific choice to not let them sing together until the end. Okay. Because right. it's they don't even like they don't even sing at the same time, let alone with each other, except for that one moment. Yeah. Um, because that would that would mean that they were in balance with each other. Okay. Because, you answered the question right there. I was just so there's something to explore to make the tempo keep moving along. Yeah, of the, the show. pacing of the, the pacing, ending, rather. I think, is a super important thing to question making sure that it works because like, did we earn it does it feel satisfying to everyone does it make sense to everyone um i don't want to put does this it just halt all of a sudden right exactly that song is lovely but if it doesn't work then it's just self-indulgent yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it would have to be earned otherwise it's a darling to kill exactly oh i don't know if i've explained this quote before but i forget where i got it but Kill your darlings. When you're writing, sometimes you have to cut things that you like. As stated in our last oh, I did podcast, say okay. Emily kills all my favorite darlings. Uh, not all of them. Most of them. <laughs> Can we listen to the finale? Absolutely. Do we need to talk about it at all beforehand, before our listeners get real jazzed in their ears? <laughs> Um, I think that was actually a pretty good explanation. Oh yeah, yeah. They were the elements weren't out of balance for the whole show. The idea is, it took loss and sacrifice to bring them into balance, and acknowledging like humans, uh, they need to be included in our five or six or whoever you want to count them. Mm-hmm. They are not irrelevant. We they can't we can't just pretend they're not here, mm-hmm. and they can't pretend we are not here. Does it is it important to say that in the finale we time jump to a land of balance? Um, yeah, maybe it is. We've done it both ways. The, My, the original way I wrote the ending was fire leaves, everything goes dark, and then suddenly we're in present day and elements are walking around as if the, we have maintained the balance mm-hmm. for X amount of years. It's modern day now. All the humans that were are now like modern day versions mm-hmm. of what their person would have been. Which the first time we did it, we did not keep because it didn't read. No. It didn't feel earned. It Yeah, it didn't feel like we earned that. Um, but the second time we brought it back and it felt right. It felt like it needed more of a button on the end. Last time, The first time we ever did it, it was... The, this song that you're about to hear was a beautiful enough button. It didn't, it almost like uh, forgave the fact that all of a sudden the story just kind of ended and like we didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. We also Whereas, build it as a work in progress. So, yeah. And then the second time, it felt like the button we needed mm-hmm. and it felt really good at the end. So, what you're going to hear is the very last moment of the show, all four elements singing together in harmony with the humans behind them. We're cutting the part that I don't like. I have mentioned that before. Not going to play it here because it's soon not to exist. So what you're going to hear is the very, very, very end. It's, again, all my voice. So if it's a little bit hard to differentiate what they're saying, I apologize. If you were in the audience, you would recognize these themes and not need to know what they're saying because you've heard it before. All right, folks, so here it is from Enter Stage Left Podcast. You're hearing it here. Stories of the Earth finale. The elements. It's more than a home not to start. For whatever's coming next. I thought you'd like to play. And you'll learn to respect 
lives that depend on your side. I should have told you this all along. I know that we've been waiting. This world has been waiting. Just waiting. This world has just waited to see What a beautiful button. Button. <sighs> All right. Well, we're nearing the end of our podcast, so uh, is there anything, let's, uh, what's our button? Is there anything we haven't said? What was your favorite moment in either of these productions? Maybe something that stuck with you. Maybe it wasn't part of the performance. Maybe it wasn't even part of the show itself, but just a moment that we had. Um, I'd like to say a contribution I had. Hmm. I really loved the rocks. Right. Yes. And I like that moment that you said, <laughs> we're allowed to put swear on here, right? I don't know. I guess so. Well, I got really excited when she said that because originally only fire had a rock because it was the only thing he could touch. And then the second version, each element had a rock that Earth would rearrange when she thought that they were out of balance. So it was like this fun little chess thing. And then the humans had rocks yes. to create gravestones that was the moment that you said yeah it was a good idea maybe it makes sense when you see it don't worry about it right now it just sounds like i'm we're playing checkers with rocks <laughs> that was but, one of my favorite moments too um and each rock was very specific to like how it, that element would shape it mm-hmm. or it was i liked the rocks because it was a nice too. symbol symbolic um uh, metaphor if you will right the symbolism, yeah. Sim, um, before we even heard anything. Because that whole, again, contribution, my favorite thing of how we've progressed from version one, uh, time one to time two, whatever, um, is that whole opening scene. It used to be this long monologue that Earth would say. And instead, this time we just watched her with these rocks. And you got to kind of question as an audience member, like, what are these? What is she doing? Right. And then we learned. The overture was just her placing and finding these rocks and you could hear not their exact theme behind her but um, unfinished versions of their themes behind her like not yet completely formed versions Um, and then when she put the rock into place you would hear their actual theme that was very fun to write Um, my favorite moment that I can remember is actually one of the very goes back to the first time we've produced this which was actually writing that finale in the classroom with the kids. Oh. Because I don't think you were there, I was going to say, I was not there. It was myself and Joshua, and oh, most... Oh, I came into it at the, once you guys have done it. I think perhaps you were downstairs with the, the other half of the students. And I went, oh. The kids really kind of watched Joshua and I do it, but... We would just sing it together, and it was like musical math. It was just a a nice moment that stuck with me because we were creating on the spot in the classroom, and it was a meaningful way to close the show. Hmm. That's nice. (laughs) Sounds like you do not think it's nice. It's nice. All right. That's nice. I have a game. A game? I got to think of a song to whistle for you. to whistle. We're going to whistle a tune. All right. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know the words, otherwise, I would have said Yeah, I know you didn't. And I was like, I gotta stop whistling. These words are wrong. Something mean Such a beautiful music creator. Words are not your forte. Lose control. You got there eventually. Something's whole. All right. Well, guys, thank, thank you, you so much listening for listening to Enter Stage Left. Um, maybe this wasn't your cup of tea, but I really enjoyed talking about this because it matters a lot to me. And we had some genuine new ideas and um who knows maybe we will get this play 
published and it could be something you and your theater could do oh, too someday. All right, <laughs> now, uh, leading us out for the end of our podcast today will be an original song from Stories of the Earth. This is our home. Thanks for listening, and I'm sorry about that voice. <laughs> This world has been waiting